Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you feeling today? Good, excellent, a couple of excellence. How's everyone feeling today? Good. Is anyone alive today? Yes. Well, before we start, I just want to present myself. Uh, for those of you that probably don't know me, uh, my name is John Romick. Um, I am the son of my parents. And what that means, apart from the obvious, is my, my parents are, are missionaries in Colombia. I was born there. And it's a long story, but we now have the possibility and opportunity with my wife uh, to pastor the online community of Word of Life. So shout out to our online community at Word of Life. It's a ble- How many of you are happy to be at a church like this today, right? Has amazing worship, amazing pastors, an amazing vision to change the world through radical generosity. And to me, it's an honor and a privilege to be here with everyone today. I know Carolina, my wife, is here somewhere. And so I, I'm, I always like to recognize her because I usually preach better when she's around. At least it's more biblical that way because she keeps me in check. But today, I, I just wanted to talk about something that's been on my heart recently. And it, it's like one of those recurring themes that come and go in my life, and, and it's, it's gone, and now it's back again in my heart. And, and the title of this message is just A Day in the Life of, and if you're one of those that takes notes, uh, you can write your own name, because I, I kind of want to talk about it to people that have never had a perfect life. Is, is that anyone here? That you just, you just have tried, but you just can't seem to have that perfect life. There's always something missing. There's always something that's happened. There's always an attack that has happened in your life or is happening right now. And I want to speak into that today because, one, it's really irritating to, to live that type of life, you know, the imperfect life. And so this is just me. And while I was writing this message, I remember the story that I had that went through with my parents and with my whole family, actually. We got the chance to go to this island. And so I love beaches and I praise God for beaches. Who likes beaches here, right? I mean, amen. I like that. You know, it's just, you know, it's God's will. You know, God's good when he created beaches, right? Because it just shows how good he is. And so we were at this beach, and it's a famous beach known for surfing. And so you kind of have to get to know us a little bit. We, I, I come from a city of 10 million people where there is no beaches at all. We All we know how to surf is traffic right? and surf the Internet. Like, we do not know how to surf, surf. But we're at this beach, and, and I've got two little brothers and, and my parents, and we're all, we're all standing there, and we see these, like, 15, 20-foot waves and we're just mesmerized by them. But what, what's intriguing about this moment is that there's actually surfers on there. We've never seen surfers before. So there's these guys and, you know, they, 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 they're all ripped. They've got muscles in places. I didn't know there was places. I mean, it's just amazing what's happening right now. And they're just surfing the tube and everything. And so we're looking at that. And my dad is standing right beside me. And we both say the same thing at the same time. It's like, we could probably do that. And, 
Just, you know, normal. And so what, what do we do? We're like, let's go get some surfboards. I mean, all it is is people standing on these boards. It really has, it doesn't seem to be that hard. So we go to this like shop where they're renting out the surfboards. And the guy looks at us and he's like, guys, there's only two, two surfboards left. And there's four of you. So, I mean, I'm sorry you guys came in late and stuff. So next logical step in our mind was like, well, that's, it's okay. I mean, we can do two in one board. I mean, we're just that good. And, and so the guy was like, all right. And so he gives us the, the beginner board, which is like a really, really long board. We grab, we grab and we go to the beach. And as we're walking towards the beach, there's this big sign, really big sign you can't miss that says, if, you, if the current catches you, don't swim against the current. If anything, swim to a side. Or, or, or let the current take you and then swim out. So, I mean, I'm looking at that and I, that makes no sense to me. I'm like, what current? What are, we're here to surf. Like, I don't, I don't understand what this is about. So my dad, as he does, he like reads it. He's really into it. And so I, we're already like in the water. We're like, hey, let's go. You know, you, you go with Sammy. I'll go with Danny. And, and then let, let's race to see who gets there first. And so my dad's extremely competitive. So he gets on the board with my little brother. And they start paddling. And so we start paddling. And so this whole competition starts. You know, we're, we're, we're throwing water at each other. And it's in our eyes. And we're laughing. And we don't even know what we're doing. We just know we're going to be good at it right and so we're 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 swimming we're going everything and then all of a sudden we notice that the waves are bigger the closer you get to them that's just it's incredible and so as we're getting we're like oh my gosh these are big and so we get this like nervous laughter like oh my gosh we might die (laughs) like hey let's go and and then all of a sudden, we didn't even notice and then just this one big wave just out of nowhere just hits us and all of a sudden I don't know where my dad or my brother are but again in my mind I'm like we won I mean we we got here first who knows where they're at they're obviously the least athletic of the family that's why I got with Danny and so we're, we're happy we're like they couldn't make it who knows where they are and so we're like trying to see how they're doing it so we're like looking around to see what the surfers are doing and then I don't know if you've been to the beach or not, but there's a lot of noise at the beach. There's, you know, seagulls and waves crashing and everything. But then all of a sudden, for like a couple of seconds, everything went on mute. So we're like looking and all of a sudden, and then we look behind us and there's this wave that has been forming right behind us. So we look at each other as like, what do we do? Do we stand? Do we sit? Do we cry? There was no time the wave hit us again hard. And so we're like tumbling in the ocean. Then we stand up and I see my brother's eyes and he's like, we're not ready for this. So his next reaction is start screaming in Spanish, ayuda, ayuda. And I'm like, they don't, they can't help us in Spanish. He's like, help me, help me, help me. And so we start screaming, help, help, help. And then another wave just hits us, pa. And then another wave hits us, pa. And like the intervals of the waves are like 10, 15 seconds each. So there was really no time. And what started frustrating me a little bit was I felt this current start pulling us. And so, and, and as I look back, I, I start seeing where this current wants to pull us and it's where the rocks are. So I'm like, Danny, we better swim if you don't want to die. And so we start swimming against the current and then a wave hits us. We come back up and then we start swimming again. A wave hits us. By the time, like a, a couple of minutes have passed of this, uh, we had like gotten really close to the rocks 
And then this one wave just hit us hard. And as I'm like tumbling under, underneath the water, bubbles everywhere, I just tell my brother, I don't know how, but I, like, I just, I, like I look at him, I'm like, save yourself. Like, save the family. Save the ministry, right? Like, just save it all because I'm, I'm dying here. And, and all of a sudden, I go back up, and there's these lifeguards with these jet skis that come to rescue us. There's this big, like, bed that they have behind their jet ski where we can put the board and where we can put ourselves in. And so I grab the board, I grab my brother, and then they go, and they almost leave me. So I grab on behind because there's no time to waste. And so we're going, I'm like, I'm holding on for dear life. I learned something scientific that day of physics. And is if, if the current is going one way and if you're going the opposite direction and you don't tie your shorts real well, yes, things happen. And so I get to the beach right there. And my mom, she's been looking at this from the beginning. She sees three boys and her, dad and her husband, four boys really, just go out, you know, do all this. Two of them disappear. The other two are getting close to the rocks. They're screaming for help in Spanish. And it doesn't, like, it's not working. Then all of a sudden they come. And then one of his kids is right there naked. And so she's like, John David, stand up, stand up. I'm like, no, give me a towel, give me a towel. So she gives me the towel. I stand up, and she's like, what happened? So I just look at her, and I tell her, Mom, Dad died. And she's like, what? I'm like, and Sammy died too. And so she all of a sudden started crying. I grabbed her. I'm like, it's okay. I'll take care of you now. And obviously, for those of you that are, like, shocked, they didn't die. So don't worry. But so at that moment, she thought they had all died. And so she started crying. We get this crowd going. People start hugging her. and like, oh, my gosh. So I turn around to the lifeguards. And I'm like, go find the body. I want to bury something. And so, like, I'm in this really deep moment in my life. Like, this is this big crisis. So the lifeguards go out again. I start, like, going through the rocks with my brother. We're, like, climbing over the rocks. And all of a sudden, on the other side of the rocks, there's this other beach. And then the other side of the beach, there's my dad and my brother. Just walking along the beach, just super happy. And my little brother was like, I don't know, he was like 10. And so he's like running with the waves. And he's super happy. And so I look back, and my mom's like surrounded by people, hugging her, loving her. And then I look back, and my dad's all happy. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. Like, this is... This is my day, Lord. Take me now, right? There ever was a day for the rapture. It can be today. So I go running to my dad, and so he sees us, and we had been crying and everything. And so he looks at us and is like, what happened? Like, what, what, what happened? I was like, no, no, what happened to you guys? The first wave hit, you guys disappeared. And he's like, well, the first wave hit, this, so we felt this current pulling us. So I remembered what we read. And what we had read was, you know, if the current is pulling you, don't, don't swim against it. You know, if anything, wait for a little bit and then swim to the side. So that's what we did. And we ended up at this beautiful beach. So then he asked us, like, so what did you do? So we're like, well, I mean, it's a long story. We prayed, obviously. Uh, and up until this point, like, my mom has never wanted to go back to the beach because she just, she's like, oh, I know, I get anxious every time I think about it. But well, what's the point behind this? That my dad has taught me a lot in my life, and I, I, I try to honor my parents every time I can. But in this story, 
my dad recognized one thing. It's like if, if it was written there, it was written for a reason. And probably the guy that wrote it knew stuff that we didn't know and probably didn't need to understand to obey it. And isn't that how the Bible works sometimes? How stuff with God works sometimes? There's stuff that might not make sense in our head, and yet we can still obey them because they still work. The, the, the Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path, or he will make your path straight. So what the Word of God is saying right now is to, to trust in God, you really don't need all the facts. You just need to know Him. See, to, to trust in God, there's some things that we have to recognize today, and is God is way too big to fit in our mind. God is way too big to fit under logic. God is way too big to fit under the structure of science only. So how many of you guys know God can heal today, and he can heal incurable diseases? God, God can bless you today with or without a job. God, God is a God of blessing. So he can do things that are far bigger, far greater, way out there from what we can believe or think. That's why the, the, the word of God says we trust with all our heart, not with all our mind. Because there's some things about life that we're going to have to go through believing God more than we can believe what is around us, more than what we can believe what we're looking at right now. See, I, I have just this key to life and is that the best way to thrive in an imperfect life is to know a perfect God. Because the reality is, no one is about to have a perfect life. No one in the Bible had a perfect life. Let's take Paul, for example. Paul wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. Amazing. He had revelation about, about prosperity. He had revelation about healing. He had revelation about the grace of God upon our life and, and mercy and everything. And yet, he himself narrates his life in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 24 to 26, where it says, Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I read this and I'm like, Paul. You got to be in sin or something. Like, well, you got to change what you're doing. I mean, th this is what's supposedly supposed to happen. If, if you're right with God, then your life is supposed to be perfect. But the reality is, even when you're right with God, you will still live an imperfect life because we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people, with a devil that wants to run you out of, your, of God's will upon your life. He doesn't want you to fulfill his purpose in your life. Are we here? And so when you look at Paul and everything he went through, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, stop, Paul. If you were to ask him, but what kept you going? He answers that. 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says, but we continue to preach. Why? Because we have the same spirit of faith. Because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist David had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. So what did Paul have that kept him going? What do we need to keep us going? 
a spirit of faith. It's a knowledge of God that is in us that keeps us going when everything else wants us to stop. A spirit of faith is a determination. It's a poise to believe in the unseen as though it were true. A spirit of faith is a resolve to keep going because we have a promise even though the problem is not resolved. Because he is still alive, because he has promised, because he lives within me, I will keep going no matter what the problem is. Because I have a spirit of faith. This is what Paul was saying. He was not going to be stopped because of problems. Why? Because he not only had a promise but he knew who had promised and because he knew God he was like I'm not about to stop and so apparently he didn't a spirit of faith is a decision to stay steadfast even though the world around us may be crumbling because we know who sustains us spirit of faith is just this this thought process of I'm not letting go no matter what happens because I believe in God. It's this thought process that I will remain steadfast in his word, in his promise. Even Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, hey guys, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will by no means pass away. So as long as you are steadfast, holding on to his word, no matter what happens around you, you will still come through because you are holding on to what would never pass away. And it's the word of God. I remember uh, when my brothers were little, we'd go to McDonald's and there was this ball pit. I don't know if they exist anymore, but there was just this pit full of balls. And, and so they would play. My, my little brother, he was tiny. He was like two, three years old, and he wanted to go in the, in the ball pit. And so my parents were like, John David, just, just look, look out for your brother. So I was like, all right. So I dropped him in. He was playing. And all of a sudden, you know, like a storm in his life came, and he like tripped back. And he started sinking and he didn't know what to do. He's like, oh, I'll chubby back then. And so he didn't know what to grab. And he was like sinking and I could see him. Like I could see him disappear in the middle of all the balls. So, so like I go running to him. I was like, oh, you, you know, don't do this to me. And I really can't find him. But he found me. He grabbed my leg and then he hugged my leg and then he bit my leg. And what happened next? I'm like, ah! And like, I literally grab him and like throw him out of the ball. He's like, ooh. He's like, thank you. And like, you know, he can't really like walk well. He's all dizzy. But isn't that how we're supposed to be with a spirit of faith? Where we not only grab onto the promise, oh, this is not working. No, we grab on, we hug it, we bite into it if we have to. But we're not letting go of this promise until the promise keeper keeps his promise. Are we here? Paul was actually talking about David when he quoted, I believe, therefore I speak. And David also had an imperfect life. It's pretty interesting. David was known as a guy after God's own heart. And yet his life, his family, the issues he went through, they were nothing but imperfect. Like uh, constantly he had problems. And why am I talking about this? Because if, if this resonates with you, an imperfect life, then the spirit of faith is perfect for you as well. If you are going through uh, problems, if you are going through situations of life, if you are going through brokenness, if you are going through, through problems with healing or prosperity problems, financial problems, Whatever it is, we still have God. 
And if you only grab this kind of faith where it's I'm not letting go, I'm not, I'm biting into this if I have to, but if something's going to happen is I will not let go today. Look at your neighbor and say, I will not let go today. So David had an imperfect life, but he had this poise about him. He would say in Psalms 116, 8 and 9, he says, speaking to God, for you have delivered me. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Verse 9, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. When is he saying this? When he had armies coming against him to kill him. And what is he proclaiming? He's like, I don't care what needs to happen, but one thing I know is true. I will walk with God, not only in heaven, which means they would kill me. I will also walk with God here on earth in the land of the living. So no matter if it's armies around me, no matter if it's a pandemic around me, I will walk with the Lord in the land of the living. I will not be stopped because greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. So it's this, it's this attitude you get. It's this little like feisty attitude you get that when the devil starts attacking you, you're like, oh, you're, you're really going to go there? You're gonna, I will pray more. I will keep on praying. Don't make me outpray you, devil. Don't, don't make me read the word more. Like, you, we got to let the devil know that if he's going to mess with us, all we're going to do is just get closer to God. Like, it's not, it's not, I'm not going to get scared. I'm not, I'm just going to, I'm going to stop going some places. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to stop having this conversation. No, no devil. If you want to mess with me, you're going to meet a prayer warrior now. I've never considered myself a prayer warrior until you started messing with me. But now we're going to go to war. And how do I go to war? I go to him. So David decided to believe Abraham. Abraham didn't have a perfect life either. If the Bible even says he believed or he hoped against hope. He just had this determination. I'm going to believe for the impossible. Jesus said that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. How many of us want to believe today? How many of us believe today? How many of us want to see the glory of God today? I, I want to see it in my life. I'm, I'm tired. I don't know if, if you guys are tired, but I'm tired of, of, of having this, this life of, you know, ups and downs. And whenever I'm up, I'm happy. And whenever I'm down, I'm, I, I need to get back to that. I, I, I want to live a constant life. Not a perfect life, but I want to live a constant life that no matter what is happening in my life, I will still go to him. That no matter if it's a good day or a bad day, I will still stay connected to him. And no matter if I'm going through a hard situation or if it's a good situation, I'm still connected to him. I will still be on top of the promise no matter what because I know that heaven and earth might pass away, but his word will remain. So what's the key to this? What's the key to living this constant life with God? Is it a day in the life of us should be a day where we know the promise, but we also believe in who promised. It's not just understanding what God said, but it's also knowing who he is. It's knowing that when I pray, I access not only the Father, but I access the God that has never lost the battle. I have access to the God who is for me and who's not against me. I have access to God who is rich in mercy. I have access to God who has healing in his hands. I have access to this type of God. It's not, and he lives inside of me. 
See, there should be a pushback in our spirit. That no matter what is happening in our life, if the devil comes against us, we're going to push back because we know who's inside of us. My mom taught me about this pushback. But no, I'll, I'll, I'll say it in a second. Why? So for some reason, we have come to think that we were meant to live a life empty of problems. But in all reality, we were meant to live a life full of him. Sometimes we think a good Christian life has no problems. The reality is a good Christian life is full of him no matter what the problems are. Think about Jesus when he's on the boat with his disciples. And all this commotion is happening. There's storms all around. And then they go wake him up, right? And obviously Jesus is mad. One, because no one likes to be woken up when they're asleep. And so that's just totally normal. So he wakes up mad. He's like, why are you waking me up? And they're like, do you want us to die? And I think what really got him mad was that they didn't realize that as long as Jesus was in the boat, no matter what happened around them, the boat was still going to be fine. And so that's why he tells them, it's like, why, why do you have such little faith? And then he goes up and he calms the storm. But I think the point he was trying to get to these disciples was, hey, guys, just have faith in me in the midst of the storms. Just don't be a good Christian when there are no storms. Be a real Christian because there are storms and you can still trust me because you know I am in your boat. See, I see in the Bible constantly that people that go through problems and have God, sometimes the problem is not resolved. And yet they still receive a promise. How does that work? Think of the three Hebrew children when they walked into the fire. You know, God didn't put out the fire. God was with them in the fire. See, think of Daniel and the lions then. God didn't take out the lions and make them into puppies. He was with them in the lions then. There's a difference in mentality when you know whose you are. There's a difference in mentality and in poise and how you're looking at things when you understand that God is still with me in this boat. So whether the wind is hard, whether the waves are big, I will not care because God is for me even in this moment so I will not back down I will push back look at your neighbor and say I will not back down I will push back so why is this important because nothing in this world will satisfy you only him I've come to realize one thing even a response to a problem even an eradication of the problem will not satisfy you as much as he can so sometimes we think if only we would get that check, if only we would get this. And I understand some of us might be going through really tough problems today. And, I, I, and I'm believing with you, you know, for, for an eradication of the problem, right? To, to, for, for a response to the problem. But even more than that, I believe we need to be full of him. Full of his word. To where you understand you have a spirit of faith. Where you're not backing down. See, <clears throat> Paul, in Philippians 3, he talks about this a little bit. And he tells him in Philippians 3, verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. What is he speaking about? He's like, guys, I, I reached everything you're supposed to reach to be happy, and I still consider that as loss compared to knowing Christ. He's like, education, I reached the top. You know, society, I reached the pinnacle of success for society. Money, I, I had it all. And comparing all that to getting to know Christ, I would still consider all that as trash, he says. 
in the following verses compared to getting to know him. And not only compared to getting to know him, but verse 10 says, and that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. See, there's something that God can do that money can't buy. There's things that God can do that society can't get for you. There are things that God has purposed in your life that only he can do in your life. So let's get connected to him. Yeah, I, I want to push this a little bit in our lives today to where we feel, you know, the, the necessity to pray again. And not only pray for our lunch, because we all do that, and this is good, but have a prayer life. You know, the, the application of this is, is if, if we don't get close to God, we will never be satisfied no matter how many problems are taken out of our life. No matter even if we live a life without problems, if it's not full of him, it will still be an empty life. We need more of him. I said we need more of him. And we need him and the power of his resurrection. The truth is problems will still happen. But if you are full of him, full of faith, you will not back down. You will not be scared or even get anxious. You actually start fighting back. And my mom taught me this. My, my, my mom's one of those that just loves to pray. Like she's a prayer warrior. And I, and I thank God because, you know, people like, oh, like me are where we're at right now because of moms like my mom that decided to pray, right? The, to call those things that weren't as though they were. And, and I just, I could hear her praying for me even now. So we were in this airplane. We had just ministered at this youth conference. We got to the airplane. I was excited because we had a great time. You know, stuff had happened. It was amazing. So I get on this airplane and just, I don't know why, I just shout out, you're welcome to the whole airplane. So my brothers were like, look at me. It's like, why are you like this? Right? Like, why are you so weird? And so I sat down and I'm like, I'm, not, I'm super hyper at that moment. I'm like, guys. Because we're here, angels camp around us. Like no matter what happens, this airplane won't fall down because we're here. That's why you're welcome. So my brothers were like, uh, I guess. All right. So anyway, I fall asleep quick on airplanes constantly. Like if I'm in an airplane, I will sleep even before it takes off. So I fell asleep, plane took off, and then something, this noise awakens me. And it's people screaming, what? So I wake up, I'm like, what happened? I look at my brothers, and my brothers are staring like, like this. I look at my mom, and I don't know if this happens to you, but like the first five seconds of having woken up, everything's still on mute. And, and so like you just, you just see people's reaction, but you can't really like coordinate what are they actually saying. So I see my mom beside me, my mom's going like this. So I'm like, whoa, she's praying. And so, like, I, I'm like, unmute, right? And as I unmute, I hear her, and she's like, she's speaking in Spanish, obviously, but what she's saying is, we are sons of God. I declare angels all around us right now. We have authority in Christ, and I command this airplane to start again. I was like, what? And then I felt it. I felt it like I'm like, the, the airplane is actually going down. I'm like, oh my, what? How? I fall asleep one minute and the whole airplane is like falling. And my brothers were like, I don't know, I don't know. And my mom's like, I said in the name of Jesus. And so I get mad. And I'm like, well, yeah. We're, so I, like, I, I hook up to her prayer. I'm like, we are, you know, children of Christ. We have authority. Greater is he who is in me. I'm throwing out everything. Your mercies are new every morning. Whatever works. 
And then my mom, like she had it, says, I said and I will not repeat. This airplane turns on again now. <gasps> and so everyone was like, oh my gosh. We, we, we get this like, you know, nervous laughter. Everyone in the airplane, we're like, oh, oh, we almost died, you know. Woo, yeah. And now all of a sudden, everyone turns to my mom. And my mom, she realizes the moment. So she stands up and she's like, well, yeah. She's like, we are sons of God. We do have authority in Christ. If I say this airplane turns on, it better turn on. If I say this airplane turns off, it will turn off. Everyone's like, no, don't say it, don't say it. And the, the miracle behind this is not, my mom is a great prayer warrior. The miracle behind it was that for the next hour, people started going to my mom. It's like, hey, I want what you have. I want to receive Christ. It was literally a captive audience. They started to receive Christ. But what I want to convey today with this message is, let, let's get that in our spirit. A, a pushback is what I, I was praying this morning. And that was the word God gave me. It's like a pushback. Let's start pushing back as a church. You know, we're just not going to conform to whatever this world has to offer. No, no, no. We're going to transform this earth, right? We're going to transform people's lives. Through what? Through the power of God that is in each and every one of us right now. Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in every one of us. Romans 8. Right? So this is not something crazy. This is not someone that just has a mic and speaks in Spanish and all that's obviously because that's your call. No, this is for everyone that decides to believe. So before we start, you know, turning planes on again in the, in the heavens, let's start with a simple application. It's recognizing him. They're doing Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 recognizing him in all our ways on your way to work recognize that God is with you even right now recognize that God is in this place because you're here not because we're at church but because you're here recognize on your way to school on your way to work on your way on the way to fight with your wife recognize him and he will make your path straight for sure because if we realize it or not a bunch of us have all these crooked paths in our life. And God wants to make him straight. But what he needs is for us to recognize him. Recognize him. Go to him. So I, I'm not saying become a prayer warrior like my mom. All I want you to take from this message is recognize him in all your ways. On your way out to wherever you're going to go eat right now. Uh, on your way home, recognize him. Know that he is in the car with you, whether you feel it or not. And my prayer for us today is in number six, 24 and 26. I read this actually in the Mark Batterson book. He says that there's this study made that apparently the military salute comes from the medieval area, era where the knights would remove their visors to show their face. So you didn't know if they were enemy or not until they would remove their visor and then all of a sudden you could see, oh, no, you're one of us. And so, and that's how the military salute came about. Is that, that's why people do it. It's, it comes from that era. But there's such an important premise from this. And it's when you could see their face, you could understand that they were with you. And then number 6, 24 and 26 says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. 
My prayer for us today is that as we recognize God, that we can see his face, that his face shines upon each and every one of us, that the crooked path that we're on, let it be straightened by him. As we recognize him, he will make our paths straight. So my prayer for us today is that the Lord bless us and keep us, that the Lord makes his face shine upon us and be gracious to us, that the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. I think this is one thing that we really need for the moment and era we're living in right now is the peace of God. And peace is not something you get. Peace is a person you know. He is the Prince of Peace. And as you get to know the Prince of Peace, he starts invading your life with tranquility, with the peace that passes all understanding. We need more of him. Are we here? We need more of him. We need to recognize him. So why not take the last couple of minutes that we have to recognize him right now? Recognize him wherever you're at, even if you're online, even if you are in your living room, dining room, whatever is happening right now, take the time to recognize him. And how do we do it? We just acknowledge him. Father, we know you are here with us right now. And beyond any promise we want you to fulfill, beyond any problem we want you to resolve, Father, we want to know you more. We want you to be real in our life. We want you to be present in our life. Father, we ask that you shine your face upon us. Father, we ask for your peace. We ask to know you more and the power of your resurrection. We just don't want to see our crooked path straight, but we want to see you. We want to see your face. We want to know you. We want to know all of who you are. We not only hang on to the promise, but we know we are sustained by the promise keeper. So we acknowledge you today. If you're here right now or if you are connected online and you feel like maybe you, you don't know how to acknowledge him at this moment. Maybe you feel like you've been separated from him or, or you've never come in contact with him. The Bible is amazing because it makes it simple. It says all you have to do is cry out. Cry out. The Bible says, you know, if you cry out to him, you know, he will save you. He will respond. So sometimes we like to to make this like formula about it, but it's not formula to it. It's just having faith. It's just believing and just saying, God, I need more of you right now. And not only right now, I need more of you for the rest of my life. But if this is you and if you are here in this place or if you are online or if you are watching from CBS... And if you want to make this commitment to recognize God, but also have him come into your heart, this is you today. All I'm going to ask of you is that you raise your hand to acknowledge, yes, I want more of you, Father, today. I want to know you personally today. There's a couple of hands. I know that there's chat prompts going up right now that you can click on there too to connect. But what are we going to do just to finish it? I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. If you can stand up online, stand up as well. We're just going to make one big prayer that's going to work for everybody. How about that? 
So if this is you, or if you wanted to raise your hand and did it and think it's too late, it's never too late, you can, you can raise your hand in your car and just say, God, I need you, right? I'm just going to make this prayer for you. And I'm going to ask that you find someone to connect with in this church, you know, because life was not meant to be lived alone. We need people to keep us, to keep us going, to, to help us push back, right? So, Father God, I just thank you for this day, and I thank you for this opportunity that you have given us. Father, I thank you for everything that you have promised, but I thank you for who you are. And, Father God, I ask today that you become real in each and every one of our lives. Father, I ask that we can see your face. I ask that we can see your glory. Father, even for people that are clicking online, I ask that you become real in their living room, in their dining room, that they can feel your presence now, Father in the name of Jesus. And I thank you in advance because our best days and our brightest days are still ahead. I thank you because the best of our life will be the rest of our life. And for this, we give you honor. And for this, we give you glory. And for this, we thank you, Father, because you have been good. You are good. And you will continue to be good for the rest of our lives. We thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen. Well, thank you, church. Thank you for coming to church today.